He was, he was already an apostle. Now he's taking the father role. My son Timothy. There's an authority to speak the word of God. As you influence people. There'll be people that you might lead to Jesus. Be a model for them, mentor them. And your authority in their life will increase. And he may, there are, there are many people in this world that look at me as a spiritual father. Because I led them to Christ. Because I trained them. And they don't even live here. I still have contact with them all over the world. So I see them as spiritual sons and daughters. How many of you are older than 30? Some of you won't even admit it. Well, we are in it. But when you go home, how old are you? When you walk in your parents' house, you're 11 years old again. Sit down and eat. Don't do that in my house. You're the little kid again. Right? I bet your parents still slap you. <laughs> I bet his mom still forgiving him if he said something. <laughs> when we go home, we're still little kids. No matter how old we are. Because there's this authority of the parents.
But when he talks about prophecies, ale když mluví o Someone has maybe said something to you. 
Když ti prostě někdo něco řekne, nebo možná už se stalo, že ti někdo něco řekl, how do you know, jak poznáš, if it's a direction, if it's a confirmation, udání směrného, nebo nějaké potvrzení od Boha. The first way is, a první způsob, you should know on the inside of you, if that's right. Je, že ty by si ve svém nitru měl nebo měla vědět, jestli tohle je Další věc je, když někdo dává proroctví za určitá duchovní síla, 
We've all been maybe in services before, and somebody will stand up and say something. And inside you're going, and you don't say anything, but it didn't do anything. There was, there was no spiritual confirmation that God said anything. You know what I'm talking about. But there are other times when somebody will stand up and say something so simple, but the room changes. People start crying. People get convicted. God reveals the secrets of people's hearts. And there's this awe that falls over the room and everyone says, God, we know the difference. So when somebody gives a prophecy that is in accordance with what God has already spoken, it moves us. It empowers us. It encourages us to get up, try again, keep going. God has not forgotten me. So Timothy had received a number of prophecies. Maybe his young mind and body was telling him, I can't do this. But he was being reminded. I'm commanding you to do this because you already know by these prophecies this is your path. You already know. So I'm not commanding you to do something weird, opposite direction. But in accordance, that have been spoken And that's the kind of leadership we need to develop. Not only natural led type leadership, but a recognition of spiritual gifts, what God is doing. I know we are in the right place. Not because of the price of the building, not because of the circumstances of getting a bank loan. I know in my spirit when we walked in this place, it's ours. And I can tell you in the last two years there were times I didn't want it to be ours. But I knew in my spirit, keep going. Only know in your spirit, keep going. This is our place. And he says to him, 
Do I trust God or do I run away? Do I stand and fight to keep this ground? Or do I run? Chasing something that I can't find. He said, so you fight this well. You do this by holding on to faith and a good conscience. How you, I just don't care, not well is letting go of faith and a good conscience. Let me explain something about a good conscience. A good conscience is not that your conscience doesn't bother you. It's knowing what God wants from you and you're doing it. I know a lot of people who just try to live by their conscience. Well, I don't feel guilty about anything. That's because you're ignorant. Are you doing what God wants you to do? I don't know what that is. Then you're ignorant. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Just because you don't feel bad, doesn't mean you have a good conscience. The Bible talks about a condition of a hard heart where nothing bothers you. A good conscience is I know what God wants from me and I'm doing it. That could be do something or not do something. He says, which some have rejected. That means, the, the, the terminology means they forcibly push it aside. I know the Bible says, and I just this one because this one affects a lot of people. I know God wants me to tie. And I know you've explained that means 10%. But I'm going to forcibly push that fact aside and give what I sex outside of marriage. And I feel like God understands my loneliness. I am rejecting what God said. And what happens, it says, and so have suffered shipwreck 
with regard to their faith. You see, if I begin doing that in one area, I actually will justify doing it in other areas. Well, it's not really stealing. I mean, the government doesn't need it. I mean, they don't pay me enough to turn it in, so I guess it's the context he's talking here is our faith, our our life, our walk, our trust in God. The context of that that he's talking about is our faith, our walk, our trust in God. Our life, our walk, our trust in God. Trying to point you in the direction you already know you should be going. And if you keep a good conscience and trust in God, you will be able to fight well and stay on course. But if you start forcibly pushing God's will aside, you will shipwreck. Your faith will go by the wayside. And not be important I'm not talking about religion. You can still go to church. You can. I'm talking about a living faith and trust in God. Where you live for Him. And let me explain this. Shipwreck does not mean going to hell. Here's this funny example that the Lord gave me this morning. You know you want to be a UPS driver. Ty víš, že chceš být pošťák. Vidíš tam, kam jdeš? 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 Kam you even sense you want to do this. To travel, meet as many people as possible to influence them for God. So you get the training and begin to work as a delivery person. You get to talk to people, share with people, help people. But you start to care less about people. And the laws of the road. Regardless that your conscience bothers you, that you're breaking the law, being rude to the people you're serving, you drive too fast, you're always mad at people on the road 
The other example we have is in First Corinthians 11. This guy was sleeping with his mother-in-law. And he sat on the front row in church. Some lady and some dude. And the church was going... We don't want to lose you. So they just let them live like they wanted to live. No matter what. So Paul says, listen, I've already judged this. What's wrong? Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his soul might be saved. Kick his butt out of the church. And let him live like he's already living without this protection. When he repents, I should let him come home. But as long as he refuses to repent, goodbye. You're already living like you want to go ahead. That's all he's saying. These guys refuse to be corrected. So Paul is saying, okay, do what you want to, but do it somewhere else. Because we can get so hard so unteachable, so uncorrectable, that we're already in Satan's hands. We say, just let go. One day you will realize. Now, my prayer for this church is to begin to recognize personally and as a church that we have a purpose for being here. God has a direction for us. And it's going to require all of us to consider ourselves part of this church. If you come to this church, you're part of this church. No, no, I'm visiting. How long have you been visiting? Six years. <laughs> That's too long visiting. If you've been here more than a few times, you're part of this church. But I didn't sign up in the you eat our cake, you drink our coffee, and you just not sit in our chairs, you just not sit in our chairs, you just sign something. If somebody's sitting at your dining room table every week for a month, you better start having them help to wash the dishes. Father, this is your church. 